Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. I feel like it's been a lot of, a lot of work to, to be on the journey, but I'm really, I'm so thankful that I kept coming back even when I was frustrated. (laughs) You're listening to the mindful mama podcast episode number 345. This is a special bonus episode about mindful parenting in Texas with Carrie Henry. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence. Hey, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here for this special bonus episode. But listen, if you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've ever gotten any value from this podcast, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It just helps the podcast go grow more. It just takes a minute of your time and it is so, so appreciated. It really makes a difference. I really appreciate it. Today, I'm sitting down with Carrie Henry, and Carrie is a pediatric occupational therapist and mom of three. She lives with her husband, who's a pediatrician in Mount Pleasant, Texas, with her two dogs, who have as strong opinions as she and her children do. So Carrie is a graduate of the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training Program, and she is an awesome mindful parenting teacher, bringing it 
into her community in Texas, which is so exciting. We're going to talk about how she was parented, conscious discipline. We're going to talk about community skills. There's so much here about her own journey and takeaway. So there's so much here. I can't wait for you to dive into this conversation. And if you are interested in the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training Program, if you want to bring the Mindful Parenting course to your community, maybe you're a, an OT or a teacher or a therapist or a doula, or you're just maybe really passionate about parenting, then you might be perfect for this teacher training. It's a five month intensive program, can be done from anywhere around the world, and we give you everything you need to bring mindful parenting to your community. So to learn more and apply to the program, go to mindfulparentingcourse.com slash teach. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash teach. Now join me at the table as I talk to Carrie Henry. I have talked to you like this over Zoom many, many times, but I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Talk to you in this context and your you're like in the middle of your practicum, right? Yes. I've completed the third session. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. All right. We'll talk about that another time because you're right in the middle of it, but you're in the mindful parenting teacher training, but I've known you through a number of different contexts. You were in mindful parenting. We did coaching together, but I'm curious. Uh, I want to know and share with the listener, like what attracted you to mindful parenting in the beginning to begin with? Well, I was pregnant with my third child and I was feeling really out of control. I had a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old or almost two and almost four-year-old at the time. And I was, I was like, this is not going to go well. Like when I have this third child, it's already not going well with these two. So I don't even know what I'm going to do with this third. And, and I mean, I, it was a planned pregnancy. I, I planned it, but then I was just really feeling really, really stressed out. And so I, um, I attended a, a conference for conscious discipline. And so I needed continuing education credits for my job as an occupational therapist. And so I just kind of found something that I thought might help me as a parent as well. And so um, there was so much information that was just all brand new to me. So like deep breathing and managing your own stress response and learning about the brain state model, all of that was like brand new information. Um, and so then I came home and, and they give you lots of skills and some scripts to use. And so I came home and I was so excited to try these skills with my children and it didn't work, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, and it was like, I believed in it and it was all research and science based. So I knew, I knew deep down that it was, there was something to it, but I just couldn't make it work for my life. And so then I'm um, listening to one of your podcasts when you, um, you always say the thing about, you know, you could read all the parenting books. And I already had read all the parenting books, all the parenting books, but unless you have your own stress response under control, you really can't put that stuff into practice. And so I really wanted to put what I had learned into practice. And so I started, um, I decided to join the mindful parenting membership at that time. And so, um, that gave me, you know, the skills to figure out how to like make things work and to really calm my own stress response. So Wow. That's awesome. I mean, that happens to a lot of people, you know, I, I have, I have people who are like, you know, preschool teachers and like, why am I so freaking out with my own children? And, you know, people who teach some kind of things. And it, it's really, it's, it, it's really different. I think as we apply it to ourselves, that really personal, personal application of, of that work is really different. And I'm, I'm curious to, as to you, because, you know, I know you live in Texas, right? Like, and, 
you know, it, it's, it's, I know it's a different scene in Texas than it is from like Seattle or like New York, right? Yes. Like it's, it's a different scene. And you, I'm, I'm curious as to like, were some of the things that you were encountering in both the conscious discipline and mindful parenting, were these like really, were you like, was this really different from the way you were raised and how you brought up? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the other thing is I didn't have any models. I think one of the questions they ask in conscious discipline is who are your models? Like who, who can you think of that, that behaves in these kinds of mindful, thoughtful ways? And I, I couldn't come up with a single person. And now years later, I still haven't been able to come up with that single person who I had growing up that really modeled any of these skills for me. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I grew up with a single mother and so she had lots of stressors in her life. She was, you know, she had my brother and I, when she was really young and she was pretty reactive. And so um, I, I didn't have that model growing up. And then I can't even think of, of teachers that, that did it. And now as a parent, I don't really have many peers that, that parent in this way. I have, you know, my, a good, I have some good friends that, that are far away, but nobody in my, like that I get to hang out with regularly. I don't get to see this modeled. That's hard because our environment is such a huge influence on us. Like we don't even realize that we tend to think like, uh, you know, we, we tend to be great believers in our willpower and just our ability to be like, I will choose to be X way and then it will be so. And we don't realize like how, how much social creatures we are and how our environment, you know, the, and our upbringing and all of those things, like it's kind of planted these seeds and in, in our, we tend to just like kind of rehash these things that have been around us our whole lives. So this situation you were in, where is really like no models, no model in your immediate community and your friends and stuff. That's a, that's a really hard situation to make change in, I bet. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely been challenging. And then you see parents, you know, saying like using a threat and then having a kid respond immediately and very compliantly. And meanwhile, my own child might be like flailing about and screaming. And so then it's like, you see these, these things. And so it makes you question sometimes, like, is this really the right thing? Like, am I doing, am I doing this right? Like, is, you know, is this really the way or is there, is their way better, you know? But I mean, I think I knew always deep down in my heart that that's not how I wanted it to be, but um, it's definitely hard when you, when you see the kids that, that really respond well to that kind of model and then, you know, to. Yeah. I mean, take the, the other road, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to judge our, our, our messy insides to somebody's, (laughs) somebody's out in public outsides. Have you seen, well, let's talk about that. Like you were really struggling when you came to mindful parenting and you were, you were pregnant, you were like, Oh my God, I want to do these things. Did what results did you see? Did things change for the better? They definitely changed for the better. It was, I think it was a little slower going than I had hoped. You know, I kind of wanted this like immediate, like (laughs) all of a sudden I'm this enlightened, amazing parent, like (laughs) with these amazing children to prove it. And so um, uh, I think it was a little frustrating that, that it was so slow, but I was always, I saw small wins throughout the entire process. So, um, you know, it's been about almost four years since I started this whole like journey. And so I feel like I'm definitely now at the point where I can see the more joy and the more compliance and the, the kids who seem to really care about my feelings and other people's feelings more than they had before when I was parenting in another way. So I feel like, um, 
it was, I feel like it's been a lot of, a lot of work to, to be on the journey, but I'm really, I'm so thankful that I kept coming back even when I was frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it can, it, and especially in your situation where you had, you were in an environment that did not support the work you were doing and you were trying to speak this new language, you know, you were probably doing a lot of like in your head translation and your kids probably had built up some kind of some resistance to the old school methods uh, when, when you started to start to transform your own responses, I bet. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that can be like a, a train that's like hard to turn around. You, you got to slow it down, <laughs> get it, get it to stop. And then you have to turn it all the way around. So you're, you're an occupational therapist. I didn't, I think before I knew you, Carrie, I actually didn't know what an OT was. I've, I've now, I now know, or maybe you can tell the listener, maybe the listener doesn't know. And so maybe you can tell us what that is and, and how, and does that, how does that fit in with mindful parenting or is it completely separate? Yeah. So, um, in occupational therapy school, we learned that, um, and like we, that the occupational therapists use occupations as, you know, to help people to achieve their highest quality of life and their best, highest functioning. And so uh, we define occupations as the things that occupy your time. And so um, for chill, I work mostly with children. And so for children, it's, you know, learning and playing mostly primarily playing is what I do as an occupational therapist. Um, so I get paid to play with Play-Doh. So it's a pretty cool job. Um, but I, I have to ask, are you like, my mom was like a nurse and she had, she had like compassion fatigue by the time she got home to me. <laughs> do you get, do you get like playing fatigue from? Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to play with the Play-Doh when I'm getting paid to do it. But when I'm coming home and my kids are demanding, I play with Play-Doh it's, or throwing the Play-Doh. <laughs> it's a little, it's not quite as fun. So yeah, that is, that is true. I've never uh, heard it called compassion fatigue, but I like that. <laughs> um, but I feel like this really, I, I had an occupational therapist that was interested in taking my course. And she was talking about how um, it's really, it really aligns really well with occupational therapy because what occupies the time of parents is parenting. And so um, to be able to help parents achieve their highest quality of life as a parent, I feel like it's really, really compatible with that. And so I feel like I'm even being an occupational therapist when I'm teaching the course. So that's great. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains.
We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It is really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. I I heard your hear your story about like how you the struggle and that was frustrating, but what is it about you know, you're in the teacher training now, what is it about mindful parenting that you feel like is helping people achieve their highest quality of life? Um, well, I feel like, so even just at my third session, I have parents like having these aha moments and having these just brilliant moments where they're able to problem solve and on, on the spot in a way that creates more peace and harmony in their lives. And so, um, I even had a, one of my participants said her, her husband has noticed already. So this is three sessions and we've done, you know, three hour and a half long sessions and her husband can already tell a difference. And so that's super validating for me and super, you know, it's just like really great to hear Uh, her husband said, I don't know what it is you're doing on Tuesday mornings, but keep on doing that. And then, <laughs> and then he's a teacher. And so he also said, I think I need this in my classroom. And, and that's like, actually one of my biggest goals is to have this information in the schools. And I haven't quite figured out which pathway I'm taking to get there, but that's, that's one of my goals is to help, you know, teachers learn this so that they can teach children. And so I feel like if children had these skills, it would just make the world a better place. So Absolutely. And I know you studied conscious discipline. So is there like, is that, is there overlap there? Is that, is that something that goes into the schools? Uh, I, I, my goal is to get it into the schools. It's <laughs> not, it's not currently I'm, I'm on the PTO and we're working to raise funds to hopefully get conscious discipline um, trainers to come into the school. So that's something I'm working right now on. I've been in contact with conscious discipline and with the principal of the school and the PTO and really trying to to make that happen for my, for my school. It's funny, my three-year-old, when I'm, my goal is that when he goes to school, he will have like, it'll be there for him, like already established so that he will have like this whole life of this, you know, <laughs> these adults that really can regulate themselves. And so that's, um, cool. that's really, that's one of my biggest goals right now. All right. So what is conscious discipline? Um, so it's, it's a 
social emotional learning curriculum and it's it's uh, a brain based so it's focused on the brain state model and so their first thing which like exactly like your first module is focusing on the brain state model and how you know when the amygdala is hijacked by your triggers or your stress response how you really can't do much and so um it starts with how to regulate the brain state and then it moves on to connection and so it goes into you know feelings of connection and ways to promote connection, which I feel like goes with your, your work on compassion and loving kindness and, you know, emotional deposits that you talk about putting emotional deposits in, um, in your kid's bank. And then the last sec, then the highest level is problem solving. So once you've Mm -hmm. got safety as a base, as a foundation, then you can move on to connection. And then once you feel well connected, then you can move on to problem solving. And so you use the problem solving with, um, like the win-win problem solving and, you know, lots of communication skills where you're, you know, using I messages and, and things to help you achieve those things so that you can have a harmonious relationship where you can solve your own problems and help kids solve their problems at the same time. Lots of overlap there. I hadn't thought of it as a pyramid. I like that. I like that kind of visualization. That's very cool. I think of it as three overlapping circles in my mind are the, it's like the mindfulness and then self-regulate or emotions, then self, then compassion, and then skillful communication. But that could be exactly what you described. There's a tremendous amount of overlap there. That's super cool. Right. And it's hard to get to that place of compassion. If you're like, oh, it's totally triggered. You know, it's hard to feel compassion when you're, well, when everything's out of whack. So, and then the other thing I think that both models do, I think in mindful parenting, the first several modules are about the parent only. So you don't even talk about the kids until several sessions in. And that's, that's similar with conscious discipline that it's adult first. So you're, you're implementing all those strategies and skills with yourself before you're ever trying to teach children or trying to solve a problem with a child. So, yeah, which is, of course, I think as it should be, because we have to start with ourselves, right? We can't, we can't be expected, like expecting like you, you, Hey, you, you little one that is by definition immature and underdeveloped, you change so I can feel better. (laughs) Can you go ahead and do that for me, please? (laughs) Like that's, that's not exactly (laughs) the way it's going to work. But that's funny because that's kind of the way, the way our, the old school methods are like here, you change, you know, and, and it's like you change your behavior too, so that I can, I can feel better. I can feel more relaxed. It's interesting. Um, so what brought you to the mindful parenting teacher training? So you, you were taking this, you're doing all this work, what brought you to the teacher training? Um, I felt like it seemed like the next logical step. And, um, and I felt like I had learned enough and I had benefited enough that I was really ready to share it with other people. And so I really wanted to, to be able to start sharing that and, um, and helping other people and spread it. So, and the other thing is that, you know, what you strengthen in another person, you strengthen in yourself. And so it's been a perfect continuation of my journey because then as I'm teaching these skills, I'm living them and, or trying to live them as best I can. And then when I fail, I'm having compassion for myself and trying again, And, um, you know, I think the other day I was having struggling with a situation with the child with one of my kids. And then, 
I'm like, goodness, who am I to be teaching this? I feel like such a fraud, you know? And I was like, I need to email Hunter and say, how many times can I lose it with my kids before I have to like turn in my mindful parenting teacher card? (laughs) And then I was just like, okay, forgive yourself and then, you know, move on. And then that was the session where my trainees were having all these results. So I was like, okay, it's, it's, we're still having these ripple effects, even if I still lost it with my child yesterday. So um, that's that self-compassion part has been really helpful and also really helpful to revisit again and again. And I think that the, the teaching it will definitely help me to continue revisiting it again and again, so that I can hone the skills in my life with my children and Amazing how strong and instant that stress response is, right? And and it's like you, you teach about it, we know about it, and we practice and you build that muscle, you you've reduced it. I mean, and I've reduced my incredibly rapid, like intense temper over the years, but I still lose it sometimes at my kids. I use it, I lose it a little more skillfully. Now I'm like, I'm really angry right now. Ah! Or <laughs> most of the time, I would say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's as everybody's imperfect and we're not going to expect that perfection in ourselves. And I, I know that's something that y- you've been working with, right. Is the, is the, the perfection a- achievement piece, right? Like go being able to be okay with that good enough piece. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
definitely, definitely an ongoing battle. I, I didn't even ever think I was a perfectionist before I had kids. And then I realized like, oh yeah, I've always been a perfectionist and I'm <laughs> even more so I, I feel like parenting you, I feel like, you know, I have to get this exactly right. Preferably on the first try. <laughs> <laughs> And then we can't, I used to get, so I think I, I get so frustrated with like the, you know, when you're like, you have a baby and they tell you like the ages of one to three are so like critical. And I'm just like, no, I've ruined my child forever because I was like losing <laughs> it when they were two. And it's not true. It's, it's, it's work that we can do at any, every single age. I was, um, you know, just like there, there's a, there was a grandparent who was in my mindful parenting class in person that I taught a number of years ago. And she was in it for her six-year-old child, her six-year-old grandchild. And she told me at the end, she got emotional and she told me about how she healed her relationship with her adult daughter that had been really troubled for many years. And it was like, oh, wow. You know, like, that's amazing. Um, so I don't know, for me, that was just, you know, that was a, a real, you know, some of those stories are like a real catalyst for me to move forward. Just like you were saying like that here, seeing your parents ahas was like a, you know, a, giving you that energy to move forward, even if in the imperfectly. <laughs> right. And my mother, she is definitely my biggest supporter in this work. And she, even when I call her stressed and crazed, then she'll say, um, you know, Becky Bailey is the creator of conscious discipline. So she'll say, what would Becky Bailey say? this moment?" <laughs> or, or she'll even call me and ask about, um, what, what would I say to a coworker that's doing, doing this, you know, how would I handle that? And so, um, so it's nice because she'll ask me and then I'll, she'll remind me and then ask me at the same time. So it's definitely been good for our relationship as well for my mother and I. So I think, I think we both benefit from this work. That's cool. Um, that's what, you know, I've, my teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen Buddhist monk, he talks about has, as we change ourselves, we change, um, you know, as we sit and breathe peacefully, like we sit and breathe for all our ancestors and all the generations to come. And I always thought that was kind of like, um, really like a, like a very, um, like kind of like a more, uh, you know, philosophical or spiritual vision of that. But the, what you're describing is a very like real concrete realization of that, you know, as you do this work, you're doing it where, you know, your, your mother is in you doing it with you and talking to you about it. And then your kids are there with you, which is, you know, feeling the effects of all your changes too, which is so cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, on that note, I, I tell a story, my husband and I did mindful parenting, the online course together the first time I did it. And, um, I think he meditated one time. And so he meditated one time and then he was calm for about, I, I say six months after he kept his calm for a long time after. And I was so annoyed because I was like, well, that's just easy. And then I kind of dropped off the meditation practice for a little while. And then I started doing um, another one of your programs. And so then I, I picked it back up and I told my husband, I was like, oh, I'm starting this again. And do you remember that time you meditated once and then you were calm for a really long time? I was like, maybe you should try that. And then he never got around to it, but then all of a sudden he was calm again. And I realized that my meditation practice was 
helping him to be calm. And I was like, wow, he's getting all these benefits. And, and I shared that story in my course. Uh, and one of my participants the next week said, my husband was totally calmer the next week. So um, there's definitely some sort of um, effect of, you know, breathing for other people. It's really, I think that's really true that, and I, I've, I've definitely seen it for myself in my, in my own house that when I take the time to do that for myself, that my husband sees the benefits and therefore I get more benefits from it. So it's really makes it more worth it, more bang for your buck, right? <laughs> A virtuous circle. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you, he feeds off your energy just as you feed off his energy. You're, you're probably like, you don't realize how you're benefiting from his like su- superhuman innate calm that he just naturally has. <laughs> but I love that you could like see him benefiting from yours. So that's really cool. I love that. Do you, what are, what are your other takeaways um, from, from going through the teacher training or, or mindful parenting in general? Yeah, I think now that I've, I feel like I've started and stopped meditation enough, I feel like I can really see the benefits of, of a consistent practice and, and how that's, that's helpful to, to my life. And then definitely the self-compassion piece and the loving kindness is, is definitely one of my favorite pieces of mindful parenting where, you know, you're wishing other people well. And that's also very aligned with conscious discipline because they have, they teach kids the wish well. And so, you you know, you put a hand on your heart and take a deep breath and kind of like send all your good positive vibes to another person. And so it's very, you know, it's totally aligned with that. And I, I find that that's one of the tools I would say I use the most is that loving kindness piece of, of sharing that, you know, and, and all kinds of places, you know, when you drive past a homeless person and you don't, you can't, you don't even have time to stop and you don't even know what you would do if you could, that's a, that's a time I use that loving kindness or, you know, in the grocery store or with a difficult child when I'm working at my job. And when I feel annoyed, you know, like, I just feel like it's really something I use all the time when my husband's, you know, when I feel annoyed with him and then I, I can just use that tool. So that's one of my, my favorite tools for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think that more and more, I realize that like, um, uh, the, our mindfulness practice, like gives us this, this clear seeing and this ability to like expand our window of, of tolerance, um, and like resilience for all these different things, right? Like we can feel the feelings in our body with less, like freaking out about them. Like, Oh my God you know, we can, we can feel the feelings in our body. We can see the thoughts in our mind. We can start to like, it's this incredible ability to see and be aware of what's happening and to be able to tolerate what's happening. But the human baseline, the human baseline is kind of negative, right? (laughs) Kind of critical, a a little anxious, right? Because that's just the survival brain is like, critical and anxious so that you can survive, right? Always looking for out for danger and stuff like that. And so our mindfulness helps to like see and tolerate all of that. But I think more and more the, you know, like the practice of loving kindness, the practice of wishing ourselves well, you know, wishing others well, affirmations, the gratitude practices, all of those, as we start to kind of like, they can, we can start to really I mean, personally, anyway, I can start to really feel the sort of shift in my brain as I can consciously choose something that a thought that feels better, you know, or and in, in interrupt and, and see those, see those things that are kind of leading me down a, a darker road and then turn them around now, which is really kind of exciting for me. I don't know. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm so excited for you. You have five more classes of your practicum as we record this and um, everybody, everybody in Mount Pleasant, Texas will have an amazing <laughs> mindful parenting teacher that you can call her, email her, who calls someone up these days? <laughs> you can email Carrie and, um, and you can organize your own mindful parenting class and teach it, teach the parents in the schools <laughs> and, uh, all that. That's so exciting. Carrie, are you, um, is there anything we miss that I want that we should bring forward or, or anything you want to say to the listener as we start to close up? Um, not that I can think of. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and for the person who is not in Mount Pleasant, Texas, <laughs> and they're like you, who is like, uh, you know, I don't know about this. Maybe my kids need some, some, some threats of removing their screen time or a good spanking. And this, this whole mindful parenting thing, I I'm not quite sure about it. And I have a lot of doubts. What would you say to that person? Um, for me, the research that backs it all up is, is the thing that always helps me continue, even when it's hard, the, that this is proved the science proves that these techniques are effective and they're more effective for helping this relationship and more effective for, you know, ultimately getting the things that we want for our kids, right. In the long run, we want kids who are kind and compassionate. And I feel like these, these techniques are much more effective at creating a kind, compassionate child and thus a kind, compassionate world than punishments and threats are. So, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, gotta go back to the science. Thank you for, thank you for that. And, uh, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, you guys, if you if you were listening only, you should check out the YouTube clips and see like the beautiful, amazing wallpaper Carrie has behind her because I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and soon you, we will we'll you you everyone in uh, Texas will be able to reach out to Carrie too. Um, so thank you so much for coming on today and talking. Thank you for, for having me. It's been a real pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm so glad we got to share this great conversation with you. If you are interested in the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training, if you want to bring the Mindful Parenting course to your community, maybe you're a, a teacher, a therapist, a doula, maybe you're just passionate about parenting, then you might be perfect for this training program. It's five month intensive. It can be done from anywhere around the world when we're enrolling now. It gives you everything you need to bring mindful parenting to your community. So to learn about it and apply for a spot in the program, go to mindfulparentingcourse.com teach. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com teach. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here for this special bonus episode. I'm so glad that we could 
offer this episode for you. I'm so excited for Tuesday's podcast. We're going to be talking to an amazing author, Ethan Cross. We're talking about befriending that voice in your head. So be sure you are here around for this episode on Tuesday. And hey, listen, if you got something out of this episode, I'd love to see, you know, if you loved it, just go ahead and share it. Share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Mindful Mama Mentor. And I will give you a shout out there. We can connect. Such That's the beauty of the social medias. So thank you so much for listening, my friend. So glad to connect with you. Can't wait to talk to you in a few days for Ethan Cross's episode. And I'm wishing you a beautiful weekend and all of those things. Take care, my friend. Namaste. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 